Now we're about ready to get underway with another New York Mets game presented by the Brewers of Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold, your host on these broadcasts and telecasts for the third consecutive year, and we surely hope you enjoy them. One great way to enjoy a ball game is with a refreshing glass of fine beer. And in these parts, everywhere along the Rheingold Beach, when people think of fine beer, they think of Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst because it's brewed extra dry. Smoother, crisper, livelier, completely thirst quenching. Brewed by people who love beer, for people who love beer. Brewed to be as good to your taste as it is to your thirst, Rheingold after Rheingold. So wherever you are along the Rheingold beach, pour yourself a tall, cool Rheingold extra dry. Well, plenty of action in Major League Baseball today, all doubleheaders with the exception of one. Phillies defeated the Dodgers, <coughs> excuse me, the Dodgers 5-1. Winning pitcher was Dennis Bennett, the losing pitcher Larry Miller. In the second ball game, the Dodgers lead 3-1. After four innings, Pete Rickard going for L.A. and Bobby Shantz relieving Rick Rise for the Phillies. In the first of two, San Francisco defeated Pittsburgh 6-4. Now the New York Mets are taking the field. Winning pitcher in that first game for San Francisco, Barry, made the pin and come any home runs. In the second ball game, a 2-2 tie after one and a half. Ron Herbal pitching for the Giants, Don Swall for the Pirates. In the first of two, Milwaukee. Ten, the Chicago Cubs. Six at the end of seven and one half inning. Tiefenauer, the fifth pitcher used by Milwaukee, now pitching in the ninth. Gregory, fifth pitcher used by the Cubs, also in the ball game. He came in the game in the eighth. Williams, Menke, Burton. Menke again and Burton again, home runs. Williams is 30th. And Cincinnati tied up for St. Louis by scoring a run in the top of the ninth inning, and the score now 2-2 two to two with the Cardinals batting in the bottom half of the ninth. Duran pitching for Cincinnati now in place of Henry, who relieved Ellis, who relieved O'Toole. Gibson has gone all the way for the Cardinals. In the American League, Yankees defeated Minnesota in the first of their day-night doubleheader, 5-4 in 11 innings. The winning pitcher was Renup, and the losing pitcher was Worthington. Quebec. Maris and Allison home runs in the ballgame. Washington defeated Chicago 3 to nothing. Daniels pitching a five-hitter. Herbert, the losing pitcher. In the second ballgame, they lead 3 to nothing after two and a half. Bauman relieving Talbot for Chicago. Stenhouse going so far all through the ballgame. Washington 3, Chicago nothing after two and a half in the second. Craven defeated Detroit 7 to 2. McDowell, the winning pitcher, the losing pitcher, McLean, held a home run in the fourth with a man on. And Baltimore playing at Kansas City. Orioles lead 2-1 after four and a half innings. Bunker pitching for the Orioles. Pena going for the Athletics. Matthews a home run in the second for Kansas City with no one on. Boston scheduled on the coast for a twilight doubleheader. They'll be playing the Los Angeles Angels. Well, that's the way the scoreboard reads, and now we're all set to go here for the second game at Jay Stadium. First game won by the Mets, 7-5. Winning pitcher was Al Jackson in the 10th, when the losing pitcher, the starter, Hal Brown, was reckoned now 2-15. First man up in the game will be Eddie Castro. Eddie, a right-hand batter, batting two for 244. He had two hits and five times up in the first ball game. No home runs and 21 runs battered in. And the first pitch by Fisher, a breaking pitch in the outside corner above the knees for strike one. Fisher, with a record of nine wins and 16 losses, his 33rd appearance. Lifetime against the Colts, he has one one and lost two. Pitch back, a fastball, a check in the swing, and a foul ball over the top of the screen, strike two. Fisher had the pitch right on by. 
And he has the count at 0 and 2. Philadelphia in the National League now temporarily. Six games in first place. The outcome of the St. Louis-Cincinnati game will affect that. Giants by losing, dropping to eight and a half games back. A little foul ball hit down the right field side out of play. Cincinnati and St. Louis batting in the ninth inning. Cardinals in third place at this point, eight games back. count on Eddie Casco. He'll be followed by Nellie Fox and then Al Spangler. And Fisher back with a slider. It's first down to second base, taken on the first drop by Rod Keneal. He's throw to first base, picks up the first out of the ball game. One up and one down, and Nellie Fox will bat. Nellie was not a starting player in the first ball game. He was a pinch hitter in the seventh inning and popped it short. Nellie batting 267. No home runs and 26 runs better in. He holds four major league hitting records and six major league fielding marks. He has had 2,644 career base hits. And he came out of the American League with a lifetime average of 290. And he takes the first pitch for a call strike. Left fielder George Hoffman playing the shallow left field near the line. One strike delivery by Fisher bounced down to first base. A two-hopper for Ed Greenpool. He takes the ball and goes to the bag, and that is the second out. Two away, and it brings up Al Spangler. Spangler also a pinch hitter in the first ball game. He did stay in the game in the outfield in the ninth inning. He walked on four pitches. Batting against Bill Wakefield. The Mets used four pitchers in the first game. Al Jackson, the winning pitcher. Larry Bernard, a fine save for him. Larry pitched one and two-thirds innings and did not allow a hit or run. A high pop-up in the first pitch back at home. Jesse Gunder under the ball, and he makes the catch and that retires the side. So Jack Fisher goes through the first inning. One, two, three, and a score at the end of one-half inning to play. The Colts nothing, the New York Mets coming to bat. That's right. 
batting for the first. No score in the game. The Mets batting for the first time, and then we're batting against Don Larson. Don is making his sixth start of the year, his 32nd appearance. He has one three and lost six. Don originally obtained as a relief pitcher and now put into starting rotation. And he starts off with the first pitch and a tip to center field. Carol Hardy coming on in to make the catch, and it's one pitch and one man out. Rod Caneo batting 230 before the out with one home run and nine runs batted in. That brings up Ed Greenpool, who had one hitting four times up in the first game, his average at 265. Ed with eight home runs and 36 runs batted in. Ed and Joe Christopher, the on-deck batter, put back-to-back doubles together to score the first run of the game in the first inning for the Mets. First game won seven to five by New York. And the first pitch by Larson is outside. A change-up ball one. Down is 34 years of age. Six foot four, 230 pounds. Lives in San Diego, California. Next pitch back on the outside corner for strike one. One ball and one strike. Larson started out in the St. Louis Browns organization. Went with them when they moved to Baltimore and then went straight to the New York Yankees. In a very large trade. 17 players involved in that trade back in 1954. Ground ball hit hard to first base, taken on one hop by Walt Fun. And now the Colts have two men away. That brings up Joe Christopher. Joe with two hits and four times up, a double and a bunt single in the first ball game. His average up to 309. Joe with 14 home runs and 67 runs rather than. He also has scored 67 runs, too short of the Met record held by Frank Thomas. And the first pitch to Joe is a curve blown outside, ball one. For the Colts, John Hoffman is a catcher, first base Walpon, Nellie Fox at second, the shortstop Ed Casco, the third baseman Bob Astromani. 1-0 delivery inside a fastball. Count even. Moving the two balls and no strikes, pardon me. Outfield shows Alex Mangler in left field, Carol Hardy in center field, Joe Gaines in right. Parson back again, and he's low for ball three. Three balls and no strikes with George Altman on deck. Houston acquired Don Larson on waivers for $25,000 back on in the month of May of this year. And his next pitch is called strike. Three balls and one strike. Last year with the Giants, he won seven and lost seven. For 62 innings in relief. Three-one pitch. On the outside, Bart just off the plate, ball four. Joe Christopher walks to first base. The Mets have their first base runner, and it brings up George Altman. George had two hits and four times up in the first ball game. His average is 224. And the first pitch to the left-hand batter is low. It's ball one. 
Hoffman doubled in two runs in the third. Run is runs batted in. To a total of 38, he has hit seven home runs. One old delivery. Hit hard through the middle. It's a base hit. Joe Christopher's going to try for third. He'll make it. There'll be no play there. And the throw comes into second base. George Altman behind the walk to Joe Christopher. Now the Mets have runners at first and third. And the batter is Jim Hickman. into the ball game. And now Jim Hickman, who is hitting 248. Jim, a right-hand batter with 10 home runs. And he swings at a flatter at strike one. Jim has driven in 48 runs. He was in the first game in center field in the ninth inning defensively. Don Larson in the stretch position. And it's pitched back to Hickman. Hickman gets by the catcher coming in as Joe Christopher from third base. The play at the plate is not in time. Moving on down to second base, George Hoffman and the Mets have scored the first run. And it's scored a pass ball against the catcher, John Hoffman. This was down low, not in the dirt, went right between his legs off of the glove, rolled back to the screen very slowly, and that allowed Joe Christopher enough time to score from third. So the Mets take the early lead in the ballgame. And they lead now one to nothing. Two ball, one strike count on Jim Eckman. And the pitch, swung on a miss, strike two. Jim going again for the slider. Larson has a very good slider. That was his best pitch. Also throws a fastball that moves in on a right-hand batter, changes up in his curve. Good control pitches. He now sets again. Hoffman at second base. Here's the pitch back to Hickman. And it's it off the end of the bat. Looped in the right field. It's going to drop in. Hoffman scoring from second base. And Hickman holds it first. That ball was hit right off the end of the bat. A little fast fly in the shallow right center field, and it dropped in easily between Nellie Fox, Sarah Hardy, and the right fielder, Joe Gaines. So the Mets now have their second run on two hits. It brings up Jesse Gondon. batting 284, a left-hand batter. He appeared in the first game as a pinch hitter and walked on four pitches, and he swings at the first pitch at strike one. Final score in St. Louis, the Cardinals with a run in the bottom half of the ninth inning have defeated Cincinnati in the first game with a doubleheader 3-2. Bob Gibson, the winning pitcher, he went all the way, giving up seven base hits. Bill Henry, the loser, for the rest. Boyer and Johnson, home run. And the next pitch back to Gunner is low. It's ball one. One ball and one strike. Philadelphia now. Six and one half games against the Cincinnati Reds. Reds in second place. 
Cardinals trail by seven and one half games. One one delivery outside is ball two. Balls and one strike. And the next best to Gondor swung on and missed strike two. Good foul who got back in the lineup yesterday for Baltimore has it a home run in the sixth inning with no one on. And Baltimore now leads Kansas City three to one. Bunker pitching for the Orioles, Orlando Pena going for the Athletics. 2-2 delivery. Taken in there for a call. Strike three. Betsy Garner didn't like the call by Frank McCoy. He is standing there talking about it. Every side is aside. The Mets scored two runs on two hits. There were no errors. One man left on. And the score at the end of the first inning. The Mets two, the Colts nothing. Right now, we pause for station identification. Six home runs and 31 runs better than a right-hand batter. 
Mets lead two to nothing. Ball gone at first base. And the first pitch is a curveball that's low and outside. Jesse Gardner, a good catch on it. One ball, no strike. One ball and no strikes. Fastball back to the plate, catches the outside corner right around the belt. It's one ball and one strike. Frank Sikori, the umpire behind the plate, Ken Burkhardt at first base, Ed Sudol at second base, and Paul Fryer at third. Fisher backing off the pitching rubber to move Gaines back. Now throws over there, and Gaines dives back in, and he has to make a long leap to get to the back. Gaines, well bonded at first base. Big ball, tall fellow. Gaines stepping out of the batter's box to allow him to get back in running position. One delivery, fouled back on the screen. That moves the count to one ball and two strikes. On deck, batter Carol Hardy. Jack Fisher taking time as he takes the signs from Jesse Gondor. Now throw to first base, and this time Barnes just beats the tag by Ed Cranebull as he goes back in again. Fisher again in the set position, Barnes with a short lead. Throw over there again, he dives back in and beats the tag. Strike. Pressure sets back to the plate, and a curveball is swung on and missed at strike three. Joe Gaines asking if the ball was caught. He thought possibly it fouled tip. Ball was caught. No question about it. So Fisher picks up a second strikeout, and he'll pitch to Carroll Hardy. Carroll batting 197 in the first ball game, one for three, he tripled the right field and drove in a run. Carroll, a right-hand batter with two home runs and ten runs batted in. And the first pitch is hit foul off the end of the bat. Ball fouled to the ground, strike one. Carroll with a check swing on the ball, but still getting the bat on it. One strike count. Mets score two runs in the bottom half of the first. They lead two to nothing with two men out in the top of the second. Fisher again in the set position, again to first base. This time no attack made as ball punt. Again goes back in with a dive. One strike down to Carol Hardy, the pitch to the plate. Slider in there for a call, strike two. Jack retires aside one, two, three in the first, getting Eddie Castro to ground the second. Ellie Fox to ground the first, and Al Sprangler to foul out to the catcher. 
Matt Brown led off the second, hitting the first pitch to right field for a base hit, but then Bob Astromani struck out and Joe Game struck out. Now Carol Hardy pops the next pitch up in the air in foul territory. Johnny Smith waiting for it, and he makes the catch and retires the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, one man left on base, and the score at the end of one and a half innings, the Mets to the Colts nothing. Bottom half of the second, the first man up for the Mets will be Charlie Smith. He'll be followed by Roy McMillan and then Jack Fisher. Don Larson, working for the Colts in the mound, has given up two runs, allowed two hits. And the first pitch to Smith, a slider in for a call strike. Charlie batting 241 with 17 home runs and 49 runs better in. He leads the club in home runs. And the next pitch is a called strike, so it's strike two. Charlie, a right-hand batter. Don Larson working from the right-hand side as a pitcher. And he comes back, a check swing, the ball bounced back to the pitching mound. Picked up by Larson on the second half, it's throw to first base. Gets the first out here in the bottom half of the second. Mets lead two to nothing. It brings up Roy McMillan. Roy batting 216 with 22 runs batted in and one home run. Home run came in the first game with a man on base. Roy, a right hand batter, and the first pitch. Fastball, a tie ball one. No walking. Outlasted the Chicago Cubs by winning 10 to 9. Milwaukee 10 runs, 17 hits, no errors. Chicago 9 runs, 15 hits, and no errors. Keeping out the winning pitcher, he came in the game in the ninth inning, make it the eighth inning. Next pitch back to McMillan, a called strike and a curveball. Losing pitcher was the starter, Lou Burdett. Cubs used seven pitchers in that ball game. Including Larry Jackson, their 18-game winner, and they still lost it. One one delivery, punched over the shortstop set in the left center. Carol Hardy hustles over, gets in front of it, and he makes the catch. At the end of three, Pittsburgh four, San Francisco two. Don Swall pitching for the Pirates. For Ginzer has gone in and played for Ron Herbal for the Giants. Rheingold after Rheingold. Know why that's so easy to repeat? Because it's as good to your taste. As it is to your thirst, Rheingold after Rheingold. Two men away, and Jack Fisher bats for the first time, and he takes the first pitch for strike one. Jack batting 152 with 10 base hits and 66 times up. He has driven in eight runs. And the next pitch back is a call strike for strike two. Two to the right-hand batter with Rod Keneal on deck. Mets lead two to nothing. They have two runs on two hits. And Fisher goes for a fastball, fouls it back into the glove at strike three. Don Larson picking up his second strikeout, and that retires the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, and no one left on base. And the score at the end of two, the Mets two, the Colts nothing. Well, the Mets 
don't have a whole lot of games left, but they still have some mighty big games coming up. St. Louis and Cincinnati when they return from their 11-game road trip. And those two teams battling Philadelphia for first place in the National League pennant race. For those of you who have not been out to Shea Stadium this year, and for those of you who need a reminder about where the ticket offices are, here's a little rundown. One in Grand Central Station, which is open weekdays from 8 to 6, Saturdays from 8.30 to 4, and closed on Sunday. One at Pennsylvania Station, open from 8 to 6 on weekdays, 8.30 to 4 on Saturdays, and closed on Sundays. Right here at Shea Stadium, weekdays, the ticket office is open from 8 to 6 on Saturdays from 9 to 5, and on Sundays from 9 to 5. And you can also pick up your tickets at Macy's in Huntington during the store hours only there. Grand Central Station ticket office located at the foot of the 42nd Street ramp and the Vanderbilt Avenue ramp. Long Island waiting room is where the ticket office is located in Pennsylvania Station. And in Shea Stadium, of course, it's out here at 126th Street and Roosevelt Avenue. Don't forget, two game series with the Cardinals on the 22nd and 23rd of September and a five-game series with the Cincinnati Reds starting on the 25th of September and ending the 27th. Now we start the top of the third in the first pitch by Jack Fisher is ball one. First man up, John Hoffman started the swing and then held up and the pitch was inside. Hoffman, a left-hand batter. And Fisher comes back again inside as ball two. Pitch just off the inside corner. It'll be John Hoffman, Don Larson, and Eddie Castro against the right-hander here in the top of the third. The Mets lead two to nothing. And a fastball hit down towards second base, picked up by Rod Keneal. He runs to the back and then tosses underhand to Eddie Cranepool for the out. Hoffman now has been at bat five times in the major leagues, and he has no base hit. Don Larson, the batter with a one for 26 average going for him. He's batting 0-38. One man away in the top of the third, the Mets lead two to nothing. Larson, big, strong right hand batter, takes a curve for strike one. Starting pitchers in that second game in Chicago, Clay Carroll for the Milwaukee Braves making his first start. Bob Buell going for the Cubs. And that game will have to get going in a hurry because they have no lights out there. Pitch back is a call strike in the outside corner. First game won by the Braves, 10 to 9. They'll be in here on Wednesday night for two game series. Two strike delivery just outside for ball one. Breaking pitch by Jack Fisher in the count of one ball and two strikes. Starting pitcher, pitchers in the second game of the Cincinnati St. Louis doubleheader, John Tessert. John Tessert going for the Cincinnati Reds. And Roger Craig for the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis won the first game 3-2 behind Bob Gibson. Next pitch is outside at ball two. Two balls and two strikes. A curveball fouled off. Ball going out of play and the count stays at 2-2. At the end of five and a half innings, the Dodgers 3, Philadelphia 1. Pete Rickard going for the Dodgers. Bobby Shands pitching for Philadelphia. Phillies won the first game 5-1. to one. At the end of three, Pittsburgh 4, San Francisco 2. For Genzer, pitching for the Giants, Wall going for Pittsburgh. Fastball back to the plate by Jack Fisher. Swung on and missed, strike three. 
Fisher getting his third strikeout. Now with two away in the top of the third, the batter will be Eddie Casco batting for the second time. Eddie grounded out to second base his first time up. Casco batting 243, a right-hand batter. And he looks at a fastball on the outside corner, strike one. Mets lead two to nothing after taking the first game seven to five. Two men out top of the third. Pitch back to the plate. Looked at on the inside corner, strike two. Fisher coming right off the top with a good pitch. So he is in front, 0 and 2. Pitch back to the plate is hit off to the right side out of play. So the count stays at 0 and 2. Mets scored their two runs in the first inning after two men were out. Joe Christopher walked, went to third base on the single by Altman, scored on the pass ball, and then Jim Hickman grouped the single to right to score George Altman from second. Pitch back is low, it's ball one. One ball and two strikes. One of the two runs unearned because of the pass ball. Now the one-two delivery, sidearm slider hit down the third. A nice high hop coming up for Charlie Smith. He goes to first base with a wide throw. Taken by Ed Crane, pulled off of the bag, and he makes the tag to retire the side. Six in a row now for Jack Fisher after giving up a base hit, the only hit of the game to Walt Bond. And the score at the end of two and a half innings, the Mets two, the Colts nothing. But now, before I say, Rangel is as good for your taste as it is to your thirst, who holds the Major League record for the most two-base hits in the season? Well, as you guessed, Earl Webb of the Red Sox, when he hit 67 back in 1931, you made a good guess. Another in a series of fascinating facts for the fans, brought to you by your friends, the Brewers of Rheingold Extra Dry. Just for good measure, Ducky Medwick of the Cardinals set the National League record in 1936 with 64. Now, if you think the Brewers of Rheingold have nothing better to do than haunt the record books, well, you're wrong. They also happen to brew the smoothest, the liveliest, the thirst quenchingest. But I don't have to tell you that. If you live anywhere along the Rheingold beat, you know that Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst. Rheingold after Rheingold. <laughs> Rod Keneal, the first man up in the bottom half of the third. The Mets lead two to nothing. Willie Mays has hit his second home run of the day, his 41st home run of the year, and his 447th home run in his career to give the Giants a 5-4 to four margin over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Willie's home run coming with two men on. The Giants still batting in the top of the fourth. First pitch to Rod Keneal is ball one. Rod batting 229. One hit and five times up in the doubleheader. Right out to center field in this game on the first pitch. And Don Larson back with a fastball inside. It's ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Rod, a right-hand batter, will be followed by Ed Greenpool, a left-hander. Next pitch is fouled off. A slider fouled off the end of the bat. Counted two balls and one strike. 
After Ed Crane pulls Joe Christopher. Shadows now covering all the field with the exception of the center field area and part of the right field area. Lights have been turned on here at Chase Stadium, but they are not really necessary at this point. Beautiful day for baseball. Pitch back to Canillo, lined over the short pass there to base hit. Brad rounds at first base, and the throw comes in from Carol Hardy in time to stop him there. So Rod has his first hit. That was the third hit off John Larson, and it brings up Ed Greenville with no one out. at the knees, strike one. Here are the attendance figures for today. Page 22,123. Total attendance of 22,728. And the Mets now in 59 home dates have drawn 1,629,536. Fits back to Pool, just outside at one ball and one strike. outside again and it's ball three. This time up around the letters. Three balls and one strike. Mets have a very good chance of breaking the all-time record of any National League team in New York City as they have seven more home dates and if they can keep their present average per game they can go by that record. A little over 25,000 for opening. 3-1 delivery with the runner going and flying the center field at base hit. Rod Caneal is going to third. Carol Hardy up at the ball, throws in the second base, and on the 3-1 hit and run play, Eddie Craveball puts runners at first and third. That'll bring up Joe Christopher. his first time up and scored the first run of the ball game. Now the Mets with a 2 nothing lead and threatening in the bottom half of the third. No one out. 2-7 to have the Dodgers 3, Philadelphia 1. Pete Rickard pitching for the Dodgers has gone all the way. Bobby Chance relieved Rick White in the first for the Philadelphia Phillies. He is still in the ball game. First game won by the Phillies. Now the pitch to Joe Christopher. Curveball low and outside. Ball one. 
Danny Coombs, a left-hander warming up for the Houston Colts 45s. One ball, no strike. Christopher batting at 309. Right hand batter. And the pitch by Larson. Too low for ball two. Two balls and no strike. After Joe Christopher, the Mets will have George Altman coming up. John Larson taking the sign from his catcher, John Hoffman, now in the stretch position. And the next pitch is fouled off and out of play. Larson with a high tight fastball getting the ball by Christopher. Two balls and one strike. have no runs in one hit. Mets won the first game, seven to five. Al Jackson, the winner. Al receiving great pitching help by Larry Bernard, who came in the game in the eighth inning. Here's the two-one delivery. Let up, popped up on the first base side in foul territory. Walt Vaughn right by the back, and he makes the catch. Joe Christopher fouling out for the first out in the bottom half of the third, and that brings up George Altman. Runners remaining at first and third, and George batting for the second time. He singled the center field his first time up. That was his third hit and five times up in the doubleheader, and his average at 226. playing for the double play with the exception of Bob Aspermani at third who is even with the bat and the first pitch to Altman is a fastball he has a hard swing for strike one one strike count on George Altman with Jim Ekman on deck one man away, bottom half of the third. The Mets lead two to nothing. Runners at first and third. And the next pitch is in high in the air. It's a deep right field. Low Gaines back by the warning track. Tagged up the runners at third and first. The catch made by Gaines and scoring from third base after the catch. Rod Keneal at Greenville, halfway down towards second base. Stopped there as a throw one into second. High fly ball hit the deep right field. George just under it, just missing the home run. Let the match take a 3 nothing lead on the sacrifice fly, and Jim Hickman steps in. Jim hooped the hit to right field his first time up to drive in a run. Batting at 250. And the first pitch is outside, a curveball. It is ball one. That's three runs on four hits. It costs no runs in one hit. 
Hickman with 49 runs batted in. And he hits a hard smash foul into the box seats. The count now at one ball and one strike. And we'll pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Shea Stadium. Two men away in the bottom half of the third. The Mets lead three to nothing. One ball, one strike count on Jim Hickman with Ed Crane full at first base. Now Larson sets again. He comes back to the plate and the pitch is inside. Ball two. Two balls, one strike. And the next pitch is high and tight. Hickman moves away, and it's ball three. Three balls and one strike with Jesse Gunder on deck. Danny Coons still throwing for Houston in their bullpen. Larson into the stretch position. Cranepole with a short lead. He does not go, and the pitch is taken in there for a called strike two. That fills the count at three and two, and Hickman will be going on the next pitch. And also at first base, Ed Cranepool will be going. Goes, the pitch is fouled off as Hickman tries to get out of the way. It goes over the top of the screen and out of play. Pitch was outside the strike zone, and Jim was trying to stop his swing and also get out of the way at the same time. Crane pull back to first base. The count holds at three and two. being held on by the first baseman Walt Bond. And he goes and it's ball four. Pitch is low and Cranepool goes down to second base. Hickman gets first base free and it brings up Jesse Gonder. Second walk issued by Don Larson. Jesse struck out his first time up. He was called out on the questionable pitch with Jim Hickman at first base. Now batting for the second time with a 283 batting mark. Three nothing score. The Mets have scored one run in the bottom half of the third here on top of the two in the first. And the first pitch to Gunder is ball one. One ball, no strikes. Crane Bull leading off with a short lead at second base. Hickman about the same at first. And the one on delivery, a let up hit off the end of the bat foul on the third base side, strike one. One ball and one strike. Found her way out in front of the change of pace, heading the ball right off the end of the bat. 
The Giants scored four runs in the top of the fourth. They have taken the lead away from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they lead six to four. Home run by Willie Mays with two men on, his 41st in that inning. Next pitch back to Garner, line to center field. Hardy charging, and he drops the ball. Ball goes out through against the center field wall. Braves has scored from second base, Hickman from first base, and Garner goes in the third. Ball retrieved against the center field wall by Joe Gaines. That was a high drive to center field. Earl Hardy charged into the ball, got it about knee high, and then lost it, and the ball went right on through and rolled out against the fence. It's a three-base error charged against Carol Hardy in center field, and the Mets now lead five to nothing. Full scoring from second base and Jim Hickman all the way from first. And that brings up Charlie Smith. Charlie grounded out to the pitcher his first time up and he bounces the first pitch down the third. A good play in the tough half by Bob Aspermani. He throws the first base and that retires the side. And in the inning, the Mets score three runs on two hits. There was one error, one walk, and one man left on base. And the score at the end of three. The Mets 5, the Colt 45, nothing. Five short picks, the way you'd like A filter cigarette to taste Not too strong And not too light Five short got the taste that's right in the fourth inning. Nellie Fox leads off against Jack Fisher. Nellie hitting at 266. Now Jack Adamy's wind up. The pitch to Nellie taken outside. One ball and no strikes. The Mets won the opening game 7-5. to five. Lead in the nightcap 5-0. Houston now hitting in the fourth inning. 1-0 delivery, and Nellie lays off. It's a little bit high. Two balls and no strikes. <laughs> Nellie Fox the batter, and Nellie is taking all the way this time. He's trying to get on base. The count goes to 2-1 and one as it breaks right in. Drives Nellie back from the plate, and the count goes to three balls and a strike. New York, five runs, four hits. Houston, no runs, one hit. 
Mets build up a 6-1 lead in the opening ball game that Houston made quite a comeback. It's over a strike, 3-2. Houston got one in the seventh and three more in the eighth inning and threw a king-size scare into the Mets. Good relief job by Larry Bernard preserved the win, and the Mets picked up an insurance run in the last of the eighth inning. Now the 3-2 delivery. High pop-up into short left. McMillan goes out. In comes George Altman, and George has it. One away in the Houston fourth inning, and now the batter is the left fielder, Al Spangler. He fouled out to Jesse Gander for the third out of the opening inning. Spangler hitting a 245. He was the top hitter last year on the Houston Ball Club. Power and the RBI production this year has been handled by Bond and Aspermani. Now it's taken inside and low, one ball and no strikes. Next pitch on the way. He runs up as if to bunt. Doesn't offer. It's inside and low. 2-0. and oh. Well, there were five home runs hit in Milwaukee's 10-9 win over Chicago in the first game today at Wrigley Field. Joe Torrey has hit a two-run homer in the first inning of the second game. I bet that wind is really blowing out in the Windy City today. Ball three. Fisher behind on Spangler. Three and nothing. Braves got three runs off Bob Buell in the first inning. Pitch is over now to Spangler, and the count is three and one. Reds and the Cardinals tied 1-1 at the end of one inning in the second game. St. Louis won the first game 3-2 with a run in the ninth. Inside of Lois, ball four, and Spangler draws a walk. That's the first walk given up by Jack Fisher, and it brings up Walter Bond. Well, the Orioles have added three runs in the eighth inning. They now have moved out to a 6-1 to one lead over Kansas City at the end of eight innings. Wally Bunker, the sensational 19-year-old rookie right-hander from California, is trying for his 15th win against only four losses. Now Fisher has the runner. The pitch to Bond. Hammer down to first. Cranepool throws to second one. McMillan back to Cranepool. Double play. Three six three double play erases the side. The Mets turn the 141st double play of the year. They're still better than one a game. And the score at the end of three and a half innings: the New York Mets five and the Houston Cold 45s nothing. Now here's some cool music. Have a tall, cool rain go by. Rhine Gold is as good as he 
Simmons in the ballgame now to take over the pitching for the Houston Cold 45s. Don Larson pitching the first three innings. Don allowed five runs, gave up four hits, he walked two, and he struck out two. He deserved a much better fate. First run scored by New York came in on a pass ball. The next two were driven in by Jim Hickman and George Altman, but the last two, the fourth and fifth runs, came in as the result of a hard-hit line drive that was misplayed in center field for an error by Carol Hardy, and it enabled the last two runs to come in. So Don Larson pitching without any luck over the first three innings, retires from the game with New York out in front, 5 nothing. Roy McMillan leads off against the young left-hander. Now the windup, here's the pitch. Fastball taken high. One ball and no strikes. Danny Coombs came out of Seton Hall. He's been in the Army most of this season. Blazing fastball outside and low. Two balls and no strikes. And Danny throws hard. He's been in only five ball games. One none and lost one. And the pitch is low outside. It's ball three, three and nothing. Danny is 22 years old. His home is Lincoln, Maine. Hard-throwing left-hander who stands 6'4 and weighs 200. He's had actually just about one full year of professional baseball, and the fastball is outside, ball four. Roy McMillan walked on four pitches by Danny Coombs as he takes over the pitching. Year before last. Or last year, I should say, at Modesto. Danny won nine and lost ten. Year before last, he was at Durham briefly. Won one and lost two. Last year, his only full year in pro ball, he struck out 182 men in 135 innings. Fisher around a bunt doesn't offer. It's too high. One ball and no strikes. taken outside another fastball and the count goes to two and zero. Oh. Dodgers leading the Phils three to one going to the last of the eighth inning. Bob Miller was brought in by Walter Alston and then Ron Baranowski perhaps simply going percentage wise right hander against right hander left hander against left hander. Philadelphia with four in the eighth inning won the first game from the Dodgers five to one on a five hitter by Dennis Bennett. Right here, the count is 2-0 oh on Jack Fisher. McMillan on first, nobody out. He's around a bunt. He takes it all away, and it's over for a strike, 2-1. and one. Now the Phillies are out in the last of the eighth inning without scoring, and so that game will go to the ninth inning. With Ron Paranowski and Ed Roebuck pitching in relief, and the Dodgers in front, 3-1. to one. 
He turns around, bumps it, foul. Back over the screen, no play. Even count now on Jack Fisher, two and two. Jack hitting for the second time. He was struck out by Don Larson in the second inning. Now Danny Coombs off the stretch, the 2-2 delivery. Low and outside, ball three, and the string is out. If the Mets can sweep the doubleheader today, they can assure themselves of at least a split of the season series. They'll have a series against the Colt 45s in Houston. There goes the runner, hitting around in a foul ball, hit down the first baseline beyond West Westroom. So Roy McMillan, who was on his way, will have to return. Mets will play three night ball games against Houston in Houston two weeks from now. Now the 3-2 delivery. The runner holds a swing and a miss. Strength three. Well, this time, Casey had Roy McMillan holding up, and it paid dividends. Fisher was struck out with a fastball thrown by Danny Coombs. Now Rod Keneal at the top of the order. Rod is flied to center and singled to left center. He came around to score in the third inning. a tall left-hander from Lincoln, Maine, and he throws hard. Pitch on the way. On the inside corner, strike one call. The White Sox lost their first game in Washington today. They may lose two. Here's the pitch on the way. And it's low inside, one ball and one strike. The White Sox have been shut out for seven innings by Dave Stenhouse in the second ball game with Washington in front, four to nothing. Washington won the first game on a five-hit shutout by Benny Daniels. They won three to nothing. Meanwhile, the Yankees gained ground by winning their morning game from the Twins five to four in 11 innings. A one-one pitch, ground ball hit through the hole, a base hit going to right field. McMillan around second, headed for third. Here's the peg by Gaines. It's cut off. Runners on first and third. Brad Canillo picking up his second hit, a ground single behind the runner into right field. Now left-hander against left-hander, Eddie Craneville batting against Dan Coombs. Base at number five for the New York Mets. They have five runs on five hits and lead five nothing. Swing and a miss on a curve, strike one. Eddie single to center and later scored in the third inning.
Now Dan Coombs picks up his sign from battery mate John Hoffman. Houston infield looking for two. Low and outside. One ball, one strike. Joe Christopher is the on-deck batter, and then George Altman. One-one delivery. Just in there at the knees for a call strike. He really had the zip on that fastball. One ball and two strikes. Giants are trying to sweep two from Pittsburgh on the slugging of Willie Mays this afternoon. Willie has hit a home run in each ball game in the nightcap with two men on base. Padre Moon on call now in the Houston bullpen. The one-two delivery. Fly ball in the air to right field. It may drop in, coming fast as the right fielder gains, and he makes the catch. The runners will hold at first and third. The ball in very shallow right field. Look for a moment as though it might drop, but Gaines has a lot of running speed, and he was able to reach it. Now there are two away runners at the corners, and the hitter is Joe Christopher. Joe has reached on a walk and scored a run. Fouled out. Next time Joe scores a run, he'll tie the Mets Club record of 69 year before last by Tom Frank Thomas. Flashes the bat around, waits on Dan Coombs, and the pitch is a little off the outside corner. One ball and no strikes. After the Milwaukee series, the Mets hit the road, and when they return, they'll play their last seven home games of the season. The Dodgers are out in the ninth inning. Now the Phils hit in the last of the ninth inning, trailing the Dodgers 3-1. to Aronofsky is on in relief. It's over a strike, one ball and one strike. They've gone halfway in the second game in Pittsburgh. The Giants lead the Pirates 6-5 to five at the end of four and a half. Danny Murtaugh has had four pitchers in that game, and Alvin Dark now has three. The 1-1 delivery hit on the ground hard, but right at the second baseman, Nelly Potts. He flips it across to the shortstop, Casco, and they take the force play to retire the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, two left on. Now at the end of four, it's the Mets five runs, five hits and no errors. Houston, no runs, one hit and one error. Final home stand of the year for the New York Mets will get underway in the Cardinals series that starts with a Tuesday night game on September 22nd. A Wednesday afternoon game that closes out the two-game series with St. Louis, and then Cincinnati will come in. The Reds will play the Mets five games over the weekend of September 25th, 26th, and 27th. The Reds relying on the slugging of Frank Robinson, Darren Johnson, Veda Penson. Still feel they have a definite chance to overhaul the Phils. They'll be relying on the pitching of Joey J., Jim Maloney, Bob Perky, John Saturis. And that could be a tremendous series for Cincinnati if they're still within striking distance when the Reds arrive in New York for a five-game set over the weekend, two double, a doubleheader Friday, Ladies' Day game Saturday, and a doubleheader on Sunday. 
Aspromani will lead off against Jack Fisher as the game moves into the fifth inning. The Mets won the opening game 7-5. to five. Alvin Jackson winning his 10th of the year. Al now has won seven of his last ten decisions. Ground ball off the bare arm of Jack Fisher. It'll be a base hit. Aspromani is on, and let's see where that one nicked him. Jack threw up his bare hand, and it didn't seem to hit him on the hand, but more up on the forearm. Roy McMillan coming in to ask him where he was hit, and Jack points to a spot just above the wrist on the right forearm. Base hit by Aspermani, the second hit given up by Jack Fisher. Right fielder Joe Gaines was struck out his only time at bat in the second inning. Gaines hitting at 266. Check swing and a foul ball on the ground coming right straight back. Joe started the year with the Orioles, but the arrival of Sam Bowens as a top-notch Major League ball player made it impossible for him to see any action. Washington got two more runs in the seventh inning. So Gil Hodges' Senators now lead the White Sox 6 to nothing at the end of seven innings. They won the first game 3 nothing on a five-hitter by Benny Daniels. Outside, one ball and one strike. The Yankees won the morning game. They're playing a game in the morning and a game at night. The Orioles are playing two games in Kansas City. The Birds lead the first game 6-1 to one with the A's hitting in the last of the ninth. The 1-1 pitch. Fly ball hit deep to right. Joe Christopher has a long way to go, running toward the line. And it lands foul by about a foot and bounces into the right field corner. That ball just missed being an extra base hit. And right here, while everybody is scampering back, we'll scamper around the air lanes. We pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. For Mets Baseball, for the best in music, news, and sports, keep your dial set at 810, the smoothest sound around. WGY Schenectady. Bob Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner. Houston at bat in the fifth inning. New York in front, 5 nothing. Aspermani on first, nobody out. And the pitch a little low and outside, 2-2. Two and two. Phillies and Dodgers will play tomorrow. They have a makeup game. They make up the controversial game, the controversial rainout that took place the last time the Dodgers were in Philadelphia. Hit hard down to third, taken by Charlie Smith. Over to second for one. Can he go to first? Save the first base. It was close. So Kenny Burkhardt is getting some umpiring help. He had to call a close one. Well, that was looking listen. game is over in Kansas City. 19-year-old Wally Bunker all the way pitching a six-hitter. The Birds beat the A's 6-1. to one. Orlando Pena was the loser. The only run off Wally Bunker was a home run by Nelson Matthews. For the Orioles, Bug Powell back in action cracked his 32nd of the year. 
one. Fouled out to Burgess. Only time up. Ground ball on the right side to his left side is Camille. The play goes to first in time. Ball is not hit sharply enough to give Wright a chance to try and take the lead runner, Joe Gaines, off the line. Now the hitter is John Hoffman. John has been up only five times all year long. John hitting left-handed. Breaking ball inside. He had him fooled, and he did break his wrist on it. It's a strike. Hoffman started after a big curve thrown by Fisher, then tried to hold up. Now Fisher eyes the runner at second base. Pitch to Hoffman, a swing and a miss on a curve that broke down around the ankles. Kalen Susco will be Casey's choice to open the Milwaukee series against Henry Aaron and Rico Cardi on Wednesday night with a day game on Thursday afternoon. Two-strike delivery, a swing, and a messy struck him out. It was in the dirt, picked up by Jesse. He throws the first, the side is out. He really made Hoffman look bad on three curveballs that were broke down low and inside. No runs, one hit. No errors, one left on. So we've come halfway in the nightcap of the twin bill. The Mets are trying for a sweep on the score at the end of four and a half. The Mets five and the Colt 45's nothing. Now here's music to quench your thirst by. There's a lot of living being done. A lot of living and a lot of fun. Where two dear lovers meet along People who like beer like Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst because it's brewed extra dry. So get where the living's being done, where the action is, and all the fun on the Rheingold side of the street. Along the Rheingold beat, Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst because it's brewed extra dry. Rheingold is as good to Last of inning number five, George Altman hits against lefty Dan Coombs. And the Giants now have a chance to gain a full game on the top if they can sweep a doubleheader from Pittsburgh. The Dodgers won the nightcap from the Phillies three to one. The winning pitcher was Pete Rickert with Miller and Paranowski relieving in the last two innings. So the Phillies and the Dodgers have split their Labor Day doubleheader. The Giants won the first game 6-4 and lead the nightcap 6-5 at the end of five from Pittsburgh. Foul ball it back toward the screen by Big George. This has been a real good doubleheader for George Altman. George in this game is single to center. And hit a sacrifice fly to deep right, driving in a run. Tall Danny Coombs out of Seton Hall. Lines and pitches a swing and a miss on a fastball pitched in tight. 
Danny starting his second inning of the game. Don Larson worked the first three. Now the two-strike pitch. Hip foul high and long down the left field line. This will wind up back toward the corner of the field box area. All told, about 10,000 of the field box seats, which are painted yellow. They are the ones on the movable track that move from their present position out toward left center and right center when the field is converted for football. Now Danny Coombs over the head, the two-strike pitch. Low and outside, one ball and two strikes. After the Thursday game with the Milwaukee Braves, Johnny McCarthy and his crew then will go to work in preparing the field here at Shea Stadium for the American Football League opener of the New York Jets next Saturday night here against the Denver Broncos. High fly at the left center. It's carrying deep. Back goes Carol Hardy near the wall. He makes the catch. Carol Hardy all the way to the fence in left center, 396 feet out to pull in that long drive. One away and nobody on. Jim Hickman, the batter. Coombs out of the windup. The pitch drive in the air to center off Hickman's bat, waiting as Hardy, and he's got it. He moved only about three strides to his right, stood there, and caught it. Two outs and nobody on. On behalf of the Brewers of Rangold Extra Dry, Rangold salesmen, distributors, and retailers, and everyone connected with Rangold, we hope you're enjoying yourself on this wonderful Labor Day weekend wherever you are along the Rangold Beach. Bat, back toward the crowd. It'll be out of play. Dave Stenhouse got the White Sox out in the eighth inning, and now Gil Hodges' crew hitting in the last of the eighth inning, leading Chicago by a score of six to nothing as they try to sweep a doubleheader. One more inning for Dave Stenhouse, and it'd be a double shutout for Washington. Next pitcher on the way. Ground ball hit towards shortstop. Comes up on a knee-high hop. Gasco fires across the diamond. The bond on the side is out. Mets are up. Three up and three down in the fifth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. Now five complete. New York, five runs, five hits, no errors. Houston, no runs, two hits, one error. enjoy a day off tomorrow and Galen Susco will open the series against the Milwaukee Braves Wednesday night. The series just a two game series so the final game of the series and the current homestand will be Thursday afternoon. Right now the Braves have the number two and number three hitters in the National League Enrico Cardi, their rookie left fielder and their perennial all-star Henry Aaron. Henry making a great late season drive trying to overhaul the Bucks' Roberto Clemente for the batting title. 
Henry has been Mr. Consistency of the National League. Every year he drives in about 120 runs. Now, Ivan Morrell is coming up as a pinch hitter for Danny Coombs as we go to the sixth inning. Ivan Morrell, Husky outfielder from Panama. Right-hand batter stepping in against Jack Fisher. He's hitting for Dan Coombs. Houston will have a new pitcher in the game in the last of the sixth inning. Fisher's lined up and pitch. Just a little bit low. One ball at no strikes. Now the pitcher on the way. And it takes the outside corner for a strike. One ball and one strike. got away. Breaking ball by Fisher who hit the dirt way outside. Two balls and a strike. Bart <laughs> Ramon, who relieved in the first game here today, is warming up and he'll be coming on in the last of the sixth inning. Fast ball down the middle of the strike. Count two and two on the pinch batter, Ivan Morrell. Eddie Casco on deck, and then Nellie Fox. 2-2 delivery. Curve is fouled, going down the right field line and over toward the field boxes. Paid crowd today of better than 22,000 for the Labor Day doubleheader between New York and Houston. The 2-2 pitch. And it's popped high in the air. Foul may or may not be playable. It won't. It's strapping into the crowd. Hit one of the empty field boxes and bounced right back on the field. Ah, fans hated to see that souvenir get away. Pitching two and two. Swing and a miss. He got him on a curve. Morrell tried to hold up, but it broke beautifully over the outside corner. That's five strikeouts for Jack Fisher. leading off at the top of the order. Takes low outside. One ball and no strikes. Eddie has grounded out to second. Grounded out to third. Nothing for two. If the Mets can win and sweep the doubleheader, they would need only one win in the three games in Houston to nail down the season series. Now the pitch gets the outside corner. A good slider, and it's one and one. delivery. Fisher not wasting a moment between pitches. A little bit high and inside. Two and one. And Jack gets in that good groove and has that rhythm going the way he likes it. He likes to stay with it and work rather fast. Two one. But it's foul. Back over the screen. It's two and two. 
1960, the Orioles made a run on the Yankees in mid-September and were actually deadlocked with the Yankees on the 15th of September. The 2-2 delivery breaks outside is 3-2. They had a very young pitching staff. They were called the Baby Birds. Jack Fisher, Chuck Estrada, Bill Pappas, and Steve Barber, backed up by crafty veterans such as Hal Skinny Brown and Hoyt Wilhelm. Line drive into left field, a clean base hit. George Altman runs toward the line, picks it up, plays it back in, and Casco is on with a base hit to left. But that was the year that the Yankees swept the four-game series in mid-September, went on to win their last 15 straight. Nellie Fox has been up twice, rounded out to first, flat out to left. One out and one on. The pitch to Nellie is inside and low. One ball and no strikes. New York, five runs, five hits. Houston, no runs, three hits. We're in the sixth inning. Foul ball back up against the screen. No play. It's one and one. delivery, line drive, foul down the left field line and over toward the field boxes. Nelly has just rounded out 16 full seasons. He's in his 17th year now. One-two delivery. Foul ball. He ripped that one. A hard grounder. Foul by about a foot. Now he's still able to produce a lot of base hits. He's third on the Houston club in total hits this year. Bob Aspermani is the team leader with 136. Walter Bond, the runner-up, and then comes Nelly Fox. Pitching one and two. Fly ball to right field. Joe Christopher just moves one stride and a stride in and takes it. Now two outs and one on. The batter is Spangler batting third in the order. Al fouled out to Jesse Gander in the first inning and then he drew a walk but was erased in a double play in the fourth inning. have made a lot of double plays this year. They've made 141 and 139 ball games. Now the pitch on the way. And it's over on the inside corner. Strike one. It does not necessarily follow that the club that makes the most double plays is a club that has pitching problems. You check the DP leaders over the last few years in the major leagues, and more times than not, it's a contending ball club that leads in double plays. Lane drive hit toward the middle, a base hit by Al Spangler. Casco around second is going on to third as Hickman plays the ball back into Rod Keneal. 
This will be a long day for the Houston club before it's over. They're flying a doubleheader, and then after the doubleheader, they fly to Chicago. We're all looking forward to the trip to Houston and a chance to see the Dome Stadium. They say it is now about 85% complete. Ground ball hit foul by Walter Bond. Walter hit his 20th home run of the year in the first game. It was a towering fly ball, a major league home run if you ever saw one. On the downward flight, it hit the screen attached to the foul pole about halfway up. Next pitch to Bond, a line drive toward the alley in right center. It'll be a base hit and score a run. Vasco is in to score. Spangler goes on to third, and it is a five-to-one ball game. Run batted in for Walter Bond, his 77th of the year. It's a lot of RBIs playing in that big Houston ballpark half the time. Now runners on first and third. The Colts have their first run, and the batter has asked for money. Pitch by Fisher, low and outside, ball one. Bill Wakefield and Bill Hunter have been given the call now on the New York bullpen. Runners at first and third, the pitch to Aspermani. He tries to bunt for a base, and it goes foul, no play. Matter of fact, he went right down on the foot of Frank Sikori. One ball and one strike on Aspermani. Bob got a base hit his last time up with a hard ground smash that hit the right forearm of Jack Fisher. Crossfire pitch just missed the outside corner. Jim Hannon has relieved Dave Stenhouse in the ninth inning of that second game in Washington. Stenhouse was working on a shutout going to the ninth inning with Washington in front, six to nothing. Fouled off to the right, no play. Here are the second game pitchers in Kansas City. For the Orioles, Dave McNally, 7-10 and 10 on the year, and for the A's, it'll be Bob Meyer, one win and five losses. Baltimore won the first game 6-1 on a six-hitter by Wally Bunker. This could be a day for both the Yankees and the Orioles to pick up games on Chicago. A swing and a miss, he struck him out. Jack Fisher with a real good slider. Notches his sixth strikeout and retires the side. One run, three hits, no errors, and two left on. At the end of five and a half innings, the New York Mets five and the Houston Colts 45s one. You know, Lindsay, I really enjoy a price, Roy, right after I've watched some exciting plays. You mean like when there are a couple of men on and the pitcher digs himself out with a good strikeout? Yes, sir, that's exactly what I mean. You know, after you've been all keyed up, it's great to relax with a Viceroy. You see, Viceroy is scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. No doubt about it, Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. Viceroy is not too strong like some filter brands that taste as if they didn't have a filter. 
And Viceroy is not too light. Like others that keep you smoking one after another, trying to satisfy your taste. Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. So fans on the road or at work or wherever you are, make your next pack of cigarettes Viceroy. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, now pitching for you, sir. Number 36. One, right on. Moon is on to pitch for Houston. He worked three innings in the first game, allowed one run, and gave up two hits. He gave up the two-run homer to Roy McMillan. After that, he really settled down. He wound up retiring the last eight batters that he faced. The Mets will have Charlie Smith coming up against Ray Moon in the bottom half of the sixth inning. New York, five runs, five hits, and no errors. Houston, one run, five hits, and one error. Well, in the first game here today, the Mets had a five-run lead, and they seemed to be cruising along, and all of a sudden, it became a real seat swimmer. In the seventh inning, Houston picked up one run. That made the score six to two. They got three more. In the eighth inning, to make it six to five, and they have the bases loaded. When Larry Menard came in and struck out Dave Roberts to nip the threat. The Mets picked up an insurance run in the last of the eighth inning and won the ball game 7-5. to five. Now Charlie Smith hitting against right-hander Claude Raymond. Foul ball back toward our radio and TV booths and out of play. Moon has won four and lost four this year. Good earned run average of 3.09. And he hit him off the fist, a pop-up down the first baseline. It's in foul ground. Bond is there and has it for the out. One away and nobody on. And a real favorite in a short time in New York, Roy McMillan. Roy has become one of the most popular of all the New York Mets with his slick fielding. Roy has led the National League, but National League shortstops and fielding on four occasions. Fastball, letter high, strike one call. Breaking ball hit on the ground towards short, snagged by Casco going to his glove side, and he throws to first in time, two down. That brings up Jack Fisher. Jack trying to join Al Jackson with a 10th victory in the nightcap of the doubleheader. Al won number 10 in the first game. Fastball, strike call. 
Alvin has really turned the year around. He hit a midseason slump. Things just wouldn't go right for him, but he showed he's as game as they can. He ratted himself, and he's won seven of his last ten decisions. One ball and one strike. It can get mighty depressing when you go into a slump. Regardless of what you try or what you do, nothing seems to work. High foul ball. Hit back upstairs and out of play. And the pitchers go into their slumps just like the hitters go into theirs. Sometimes a pitcher will go into a slump the way a hitter, when he's hitting the ball real good but right at somebody, sometimes a pitcher goes into a string of games where he pitches well. And his teammates can't score for it. Foul ball off to the right. Or it'll be the kind of slump where your control gets off and you lose that rhythm and nothing just seems to quite work for you. <laughs> One, two delivery. Foul ball back to the screen off Fisher's bat in the count. One ball and two strikes. Ramon, the third Houston pitcher. Don Larson worked the luckless first three innings. Danny Coons was impressive in two. Nuts got five runs off Big Don, but the first came in on a pass ball, and the fourth and fifth came in on a line drive misplayed in the outfield. One two pitch. Line drive over second into center field. A base hit by Jack Fisher. So Jack has a hit off Todd Raymond. Right here we pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're tuned to 810 on your dial. WGY, WGFM. The voice of the Mets in the Northeast. with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kanter. The Mets are hitting in their half of the sixth inning and leading 5-1 to one after winning the first game 7-5. Rod Keneal with two for three stepping in against Raymond. Pitch thrown by Raymond is inside and Rod had to lean away. One ball and no strikes. A base hit by Fisher his 11th of the year. Tracy Stallard. Jack Fisher and Al Jackson have been the best hitting among the Mets pitchers this year. Jack has driven eight runs in. Breaking ball, a swing and a miss. One ball, one strike. Now the 1-1 one -one delivery. Ground ball hammered to short. Taken by Eddie Casco, he flips to Nelly Fox to force Fisher and retire the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, one left on. Now, at the end of six, the score, the New York Mets five and the Houston Colts 45s one. Now, in just a moment, Lindsey Nelson will be joining you to detail all the remaining action. Right now, though, music to twist all the way to the refrigerator by.
here at Shea Stadium, Mr. and Mrs. Charles Shipman Payson are coming up the aisle just now. And it's been quite a day for them. No robbery. Won the $100,000 Suburban Handicap at Aqueduct today. The feature race upsetting Kelso. And uh, that, of course, is uh, Mrs. Payson's horse. And the New York Mets defeated the Colts 45s in the first game of this doubleheader 7-5. And they're leading in this one by a score of 5-1. to one. Right now, in the top of the seventh, Joe Gaines is coming up for the Houston Colts 45. Struck out swinging and hit into a fourth play. Washington Senators have won the second game from the Chicago White Sox, 6-2. Here's a swing, and a one-hopper taken by Keneal. to left to second, throws on in time, and Gaines is out on one pitch. Neat fielding play by Rod Keneal. It'll bring up Carol Hardy. At Washington, the Senators shut out the White Sox 3-0 in the first game. Vinny Daniels beating Ray Herbert, and the Senators won the second one, 6-2. Stenhouse beating Talbot. So the Washington Senators swept the doubleheader from the Chicago White Sox. Pitch to Carol Hardy's in there for a called strike. One man out, nobody on base here in the top half of the seventh inning. Here's a swing and a foul ball, off and out of play. A backlash, he hit it the second time, went over into the Mets dugout. So the count is two strikes now to Carol Hardy. Just one on, one hop to Charlie Smith at third. Straightens up and throws on, and there are two men out. Now it'll be catcher John Hoffman, who has grounded out and struck out so far in this game. in for a sign from Jesse Gander. And here's the pitch inside low for a ball. It's 2-1. Two and one, the count to Hoffman. Swing and a miss. 2-2. Two, two. We have a correction on the race information we gave you a moment ago. No robbery owned by Mrs. Payson. Ran in the race before the feature and was the winner. Kelso won the $100,000 Suburban Handicap at Aqueduct. Kelso was the winner. No robbery ran in the race before. Here's a pitch hung on and missed strike three. And Jack Fisher chalks up his seventh strikeout. Signs out in order. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. And the score at the end of six and a half innings is the Mets five and the goal 45 one. Well, you know, Met fans are standing for the home half of the seventh here at Shea Stadium. In case you've ever wondered about who invented the seventh inning stretch, it's generally agreed that the custom originated with President William Howard Taft. 
Tap was a great baseball fan, and Sunday, during the game at Pittsburgh, he stood up to stretch his legs a little. And the fans, thinking the president was about to leave, stood in respect. Soon the crowd realized that the president was only stretching, and the idea of rising in the home half of the seventh became a baseball tradition. Another baseball tradition, one that goes back a long way, is a refreshing glass of beer or two while you're enjoying the game. And all along the Rheingold Beach, when people think of beer, they think of Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst, Rheingold after Rheingold. And there's no time like the present to stretch for a refreshing Rheingold Extra Dry. We're going to the bottom half of the seventh inning of this, the second game of the doubleheader, and Ed Cranepool is up for the Mets. He has been up three times and had one hit in this game. Rod Raymond working on the mound for the Houston Colt 45. John Larson started and is the pitcher of record. Raymond with the pitch in. It's swung out here on the ground. Deep to first. Taken by Walter Bond. Underhand to Raymond. And he's out at first. Cranepool grounding out one away. And Joe Christopher is the batter. He has walked, fouled out, and hit into a fourth place so far in this game. Right now, Joe Christopher has a season's batting average of 307. The Mets have five runs on six hits in this game, and the Colt 45s have one run on five hits. The Mets won the first game of today's doubleheader by a score of seven to five. And it's low for ball. One and oh. George Altman is waiting on deck. Here's a swing and a miss. It's one and one. Send to get a sign from catcher John Bateman. And the 1 1 pitch. Swung on and fouled off to the right side, way down the corner out of play. It's 1 and 2. The Houston Gold 45s, of course, began the year with three outstanding youngsters that are now in the minor leagues and for whom they have great hope next year. Rusty Staub, a first baseman. John Bateman, a catcher, and Jim Wynn, an infielder outfielder. Here's a pitch swung on and missed. Christopher is a strikeout victim. Raymond's first strikeout. Two away, nobody on base, and George Altman is coming up now. At a ground single up the middle and later scoring the first inning. Had a sacrifice fly to right field drive and a run in the third and fly out to center field in the fifth. Is outside for a ball. One no. Raymond again works with no wind up and the pitch hit on the ground and it is off the ground. A long about at first base and out of the right field and Altman is on. A hard hit ground ball and uh, Walter Bond was trying to backhand it. He scored as a base hit for Altman, his second of this game. And his fourth of the day. 
With two men out and a runner at first, Jim Hickman is the batter. He single right to drive and a run in the first inning. He walked and made a scored in the third and lined out to center field in the fifth. Jesse Gondor waiting on deck. The runner goes. Here's a swing and a miss. Hoffman's throw is high. And Hoffman slides in safely at second base. Danny Fox came over to take the throw that was high. And it's a stolen base for George Altman. His third stolen base of the season. Here's the Mets runner in scoring position at second base with two men out. A count of strike one to Jim Hickman. Let's lead 5-1. Ray Horn's up and set. Pitch is low for ball. It's 1-1. One, one. We're in the bottom half of the seventh inning. Seven full innings is the Mets six and the Gold 45 one. 
There's a lot of baseball that has been played and that is being played and that will be played in the Major League today. And to bring us up to date on that, here's Ralph Kiner. Philadelphia Phillies split a doubleheader today with the Dodgers. They won the first game 5-1 to one behind Dennis Bennett. They lost the second game 3-1 to one as Rickard called up for the minors was the running pitcher. San Francisco playing two. They won the first game over Pittsburgh 6-4 behind Gaylord Perry. Mays have been in many home runs in that ballgame. Mays is 40th, have been to his 28th. In the second ballgame, the Giants lead after seven innings, 7-6. to six. Mays also home run his 41st in the fourth inning with two men on base. Now pitching for the Pirates, Tommy Fish, Bob Boland pitching for San Francisco. Milwaukee outlasted Chicago 10-9 in the first ballgame as Keith and I picked up the win in the second ballgame. Milwaukee 6, Chicago 4 after 4. Hefton Elston now, the opposing pitchers. Williams, Menke, who had two home runs, and Burton, and Burton, correction, had two home runs in that first ball game. In the second game, Williams hit his 31st, and Joe Torrey also had a home run. St. Louis defeated Cincinnati 3-2 in the first ball game of their doubleheader. Gibson, the winning pitcher, in the second game, it's one for St. Louis and two for Cincinnati after four. Two to one, Cincinnati leads. Satura scoring against Taylor. Brock a home run in the first with no one on. That's the National League, and now once again, here's Lindsay. All right, Ralph, and here's Bob Lilly talked about the Claude Romani takes the first pitch low for a ball. Lilly's batting for Ramon as the Colt 45s trio by a margin of five runs. So they go to the bench here in the top half of the eighth. Fisher's pitch is thrown on line into left field for a leadoff base hit. Harmon is up with it, plays it back in, and Lilly's turns and holds with a pinch single to left. It'll bring up Eddie Casco. In the American League today, the New York Yankees defeated the Minnesota Twins in 11 innings by a score of 5-4 to four in the morning game of a morning night doubleheader. Uh, Al Reniff got the win, and Al Worthington took the loss. Homers by Kubek and Maris for the Yankees and Bob Allison for the Minnesota Twins. Casco waits for the pitch. It's low and away for ball one. The Washington Senators swept both ends of a doubleheader from the Chicago White Sox. 3 to nothing and 6-2. to two. Daniels the winner in the first game. Herbert the loser. Sternhaus the winner in the second and Talbot the loser. In a single game, the Cleveland Indians defeated the Detroit Tigers 7-2. Sam McDowell, the winner, and McLean, the loser. Here's a pitch running down the third baseline. A good bunt on the grass. There'll be no play on Casco. Moving on to second. It's Bob Lillies, and the Gold 45s quickly have runners at first and second. Nobody out, and Nellie Fox coming up. Good bunt by Casco. Fox is nothing for three in this game. The Baltimore Orioles in the first game of a doubleheader defeated the Kansas City A's 6-1. Wally Bunker getting his 15th win. He's 19 years old. And Orlando Pena took the loss. Nelson Matthews had a home run for Kansas City. And Boog Powell had his 32nd for the Baltimore Orioles. Nelly Fox steps back out of the batted box for a moment. In the second game of that doubleheader at Kansas City, the Orioles did not score in the top half of the first. At the end of a half inning, Baltimore nothing, Kansas City coming up. McNally against Meyer. And Boston is at Los Angeles for a 29 doubleheader against the Angels. Here is the pitch to Fox. It's low for a ball. Here at Shea Stadium in New York, the Mets defeated the Houston Colts 45s by a score of 7-5 in the first game of the doubleheader. And the Mets are leading by a score of 6-1 in this, the second game. The pitch to Fox, and it is inside low as Gondor has to move inside to grab the ball there. Double barrel action in the Mets bullpen. Left-hander Bill Hunter, right-hander Bill Wakefield. And with Ramon out of the ball game for the pinch hitter here, Jim Owens is up and throwing in the bullpen for the Houston Colts 45. 2-0 pitch to Fox is low. 
Goes out 3 and 0. And time is called now by Gondry as he goes out to the mound to have a word with pitcher Jack Fisher and manager Casey Singles come bouncing out of the dugout as well and he's on his way to the mound. It was in the top of the eighth inning of the first game that the Colt 45s got to Al Jackson. And they got, before the inning was over, three runs to make it 6-5 in that game. And then the Mets got another run to bottom of the eighth. And now the hand you hear is for Casey Stengel as he comes back. Kelly Fox standing at home plate, leaning on the bat. With a count of three balls and no strikes, there is nobody out for the Colt 45s. Batting in the top of the eighth. Runners at first and second. This is a 3-0 delivery now, and it is fired in for a call strike. Three and one to Nelly Fox. Chokes way up on that bat. Ken Fisher off the touch position with the pitch, and it's low. He walked him, and the bases are loaded. That is the first walk issued by Fisher in the game. The bases are loaded with nobody out. And Al Spangler is coming up, but Casey Singles going back, and that means that Fisher's out of the ball game. When Casey crosses that line, Fisher's out, and he is crossed it, and so that'll be all for Fisher as it is mandatory that the pitcher be removed when the pitcher makes the second, the manager makes the second trip to the mound in one inning. Left-hand batter Al Spangler is due up. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Fisher has pitched seven innings and faced three men here in the eighth and allowing one run on seven hits. Struck out seven and walked one. And it is Bill Hunter coming in now. Bill Hunter, the left-hander, is being brought on here. Bill Hunter worked in the first game to only one man. He pitched to Walter Bond and walked him and was forthwith removed. So he's coming in here. Bases loaded. Nobody out to work the left-hand batter, Al Spangler. Kansas City. The first right here, the hand you hear is from Jack Fisher, who is coming off the mound, walking all over towards the Mets dugout, and he's getting quite an ovation from the fans. Leaving the game, uh, the Mets have a 6-1 lead. At Kansas City, Jim Gentile is hit a three-run homer for the A's in the bottom half of the first inning to lead the Baltimore Orioles now 3-0 in the second game. McNally started for Baltimore. Dave Benjamin in the first inning, and Meyer is going for Kansas City. Double barrel action continues in the Met bullpen. Dennis Rybat and Ron Locke throwing in the Met bullpen. Bob Lillis is at third base. Eddie Casco is at second. Nelson Fox is at first. As the Colt 45s have duplicated their uprising uh, of the first game when they came on in the top half of the eighth, they haven't duplicated it as far as uh, present productivity is concerned, but they have made their big move here in the eighth by loading the bases with nobody out. Mets lead 6-1. to one. When the Colt 45 started their rally in the second game, the Mets were leading 6-2. to two. 
And the Mets eventually won that one, seven to five. Al Spangler fouled out, walked, and lined a single to center field. Left-hander Bill Hunter looks in to get a sign, has it, dips into the windup. Runners lead it, first, second, and third, and the pitch is low for a ball. Pops out of the glove of Gonda right in front of him. There is no advance, and it's ball one. Walter Bond is waiting on deck. This big fellow is two for three. He had two hits in the first game, including a home run. Hunter is working straight away. Looks in to get a sign from Jesse Gonder. Has it now. Dips into the windup. And the 1-0 delivery. Swung on and foul back. It's out of play. And the count is leveled at 1-1 one one now to Al Spangler. Batting number three in manager Harry Kraft's Houston batting order. Spangler takes a look down at Coach Lumen Harris on the lines at third for the Colt 45. Now he's in and waiting. Hunter with the 1-1 one, one delivery. Swung on and missed. It's one and two. Bill Hunter on the rubber looking in. Standing erect now. Leans way over to get the sign. Bending from the waist. Dipson the wind up and here is the one-two delivery. Side-armed and low, just low, and it's two-two. There is nobody out for Houston. Batting here in the top half of the eighth inning with the bases loaded. Again, Hunter with the two-two pitch. Come on, hit on the ground. Deep to first, second by Cranfield. Drops the ball, picks it up, goes to the bag for the out. One run scored as Greenville was about to try the 3-6-3 double play. Dropped the ball. There is no error charge since he gets the put out. And one run scores as Bob Lillis crosses the plate. It is now the Mets 6 and the Colt 45 2. One away and Walter Bond coming up. He represents potential. No, he does not because the Spangler was out at first base. Started to say he represented potential trying run at the plate, but he does not. Run batted in for Spangler as he went out to first base unassisted. Runner second and third, and here is the pitch. Swung on and fouled off. He's down on one knee with a big cut. Let's keep the infield back, of course, willing to give up a run for the put out here. In Kansas City, the A's got a total of four runs. The bottom half of the first inning, and at the end of an inning, it is Baltimore nothing to Kansas City A's four. Right here is the Mets six, Nicole 45 two. Bond exercised himself a little bit there now. After having uh, twisted all the way around and come down on one knee and taking a cut on that last pitch. Hunter was brought into the ballgame specifically to pitch to Bond in the first game, and he walked him. Now Hunter with the pitch, swung on and fouled off. And this one's off the angle of plate on par to Corey. Frank Sikori hobbled off to one side, and now he is examining his right foot and ankle. And Doyle, while Sikori walks around, hobbling a little. And the thing about it is that when a ball player is struck on the ankle, 
Chances are he gets sympathy from the crowd, and when the umpire is struck on the ankle, he gets sympathy from nobody, with the possible exception of other umpires. And right now, the three other umpires are converging on home plate, and Sikori waves them back. Says he's all right. Sikori hit on the ankle by the foul ball off the bat of Walter Barnes. Lafayette High School in Brooklyn, which also produced Dodger pitching star Sandy Koufax. Babon steps back out of the batter's box for a moment, reaches down, gets a handful of dirt, taps the spikes, and comes back in. Bill Hunter looks for the sign. Here's a 2-2 pitch. And it is a ground ball up the middle, going through for a base hit. One run scores. Rounding third and coming home is Fox, and two runs score. A ground single back through the box, out into center field, scoring two runs. And it is now the next six, and the Colt 45 four, and Bob Astromati comes up, representing potential tying run up the plate. Still only one man out. In the top half of the eighth inning of the first game, the Colts 45 has got three runs, and now they have managed three in the top half of the eighth inning of this, the second game. And he checks Walter Bond at first base. Here's the pitch to us for money, and it is a foul ball off the ankle of Jesse Gander this time, and Jesse is hobbling up the line. Well, the foul balls of Nick Walter Bond, Frank DeCurry, Jesse Gander, and Casey Single coming to the mound. Should be the case you go for a right-hand pitcher to face Astromati here. Casey has arrived at the mound now and is talking to Bill Hunter. The sign hasn't gone down to the bullpen as yet. And now it does go for a right-hander. So that'll be all for Bill Hunter. Rybat is the right-hander he's had warming up down there. Dennis Rybat. Hunter worked uh, third of an inning. He faced two men, as a matter of fact. Neither of the runs uh, scored on the wall of Bond single with charged against him. Dennis Rybat coming on now. This will be his seventh game appearance. He had won one and lost two. 
Came to the Mets from the Milwaukee Braves organization. He was at Denver, Pacific Coast League. Dennis Rabin marches in the bullpen. We'll march out for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're tuned to 810 on your dial, WGY, WGFM, the voice of the Mets in the Northeast. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Conner and Bob Murphy at Shea Stadium in New York. Well, the Colts 45s have come on here in the top half of the eighth inning to score three runs and make this at the moment a 6-4 ball game. The Mets have a two-run lead. And the count to Astromani is strike one. And at this point, a pitching change has been made. Dennis Ryback coming out. Colts got their first run in the top half of the sixth inning. And they have added three here to make it six to four. Twenty-two-year-old Dennis Ryback taking his warm-up pitches right now. Umpire Frank Sicuri indicates he has one more. And that's it. So Astromati steps in. One man out. Walter Bond is the runner at first. Hits are all even in this game at eight each. Right out with the pitch. Swung on and looped out back a second. Keneal's digging out and he's there. And Keneal makes the catch and Bond hustles back to first base. No advance. Two away. Now Joe Gaines is the batter. He's a right-hand hitting outfielder. Struck out swinging, hit into a fourth play, and grounded out second to first. Ravon checks the runner. Crane Bull holds against him. Here's the pitch that's low for a ball. In the first game, it was Larry Bernard who finally came on to put out the fire of the eighth inning rally after Hunter and Wakefield had been in before him. Here is the pitch. Swan and foul out to the right side and out of play. It's one and one. Who finally came on to put out the fire of the eighth inning rally after Hunter and Wakefield had been in before him. Here is the pitch. Swan and foul out to the right side and out of play. It's one and one. And this time... Manager Casey Singler is hoping that young Dennis Ryback can do the job. Ryback's the young fellow has a lot of nervous energy. Now the pitch. Breaking ball hit on the ground and out through the hole in the left field for a base hit. Vaughn holds it second. Open up with the ball places back in and it is a ground single to left for Joe Gaines. With runners at first and second, two men out. That'll bring up Carol Hardy. McMillan moves swiftly to his right, trying to get through that one, and could not. 
Carol Hardy has fouled out to third base, grounded out second to first, and grounded out third to first. Runners now at first and second with two men out. Now that sets and the pitch. Breaking ball, it's top foul, back at third. And on down the line, out of play. Gary Kroll and Larry Bernard throwing now in the Mets bullpen. Here's a breaking ball, just missed inside. One and one to Carol Hardy. Three runs in this inning for the Houston Code 45. Rabat looks around the outfield, working on the baseball for a moment. Walter Brown at second base, Joe Gaines at first base. One one pitch. And it's in for a call, strike two. Frank Sikori examines the ball, leaves it in play. Carol Hardy settles himself carefully back into the batter's box. Rabban checks and deals, and pitches it on the ground to the right side. Charged by Keneal, left with it, plays on in time, and they're out of the inning. In the top half of the eighth inning, the Houston Colts 45 picked up three runs on four hits, no errors, and two left. And the score at the end of seven and a half innings is the Mets six and the Colts 45 four. You know, a really smart hitter tries to look over pitches till he gets the one that's right for him. And the same thing goes for filter cigarettes. Look them all over, and you'll hit on Viceroy because. Viceroy is scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong, like some filter brands that taste as if they didn't have a filter, and not too light, like others. You know the kind, you keep smoking one after another, trying to satisfy your taste. But Viceroy, now that's a different story. Viceroy is not too strong, not too light. Viceroy has got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. So fans, if you haven't already tried Viceroy, the time to do it is the very next time you buy cigarettes. Pick up that pack of Viceroy and see if you don't agree. Viceroy is not too strong, not too light. Viceroy has got the taste that's right. For the Houston Colt 45, Jim Owens is coming in now. Jim Owens is the pitcher. And Bob Lillis is staying in the ball game at third base. So it will be Owens batting fifth if you're keeping a scorecard, and Lillis, of course, bats ninth.
Rod Roy Moore worked two innings in which he gave up one run on three hits. He struck out two and he walked none. Jim Owen worked an inning in the first game in which he allowed a run on a hit. He walked two. Here's a swing and a foul ball back and out of play. Charlie Smith leading off for the Mets here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Charlie is nothing for three so far today in this game. Jim Owens with a pitch that is high for a ball. One and one. The Mets six and the Houston goes 45 four. Here's a swing and a miss with a high hard one. It's one and two. Orange looking to John Hoffman. Has the sign. The one-two delivery is a breaking ball. It misses high and it's two and two. Roy McMillan waits on deck for the New York Mets. Two delivery, swung on and missed, struck him out. And Jim Owens picks up a strikeout. One away, nobody on base. Roy McMillan's the batter. Line to center, walked and grounded out short to first. Dennis Ryback swinging about on deck now, wearing the jacket. Roy McMillan has something in his eye. He backs out for a moment. Now he's all right. Pitch is high for a ball. One and oh. Defensively, the Colt 45s play Roy McMillan straight away. Here's a swing and a foul ball to the right side, and out play. One and one. McMillan had a home run in the first game that hit on top of the left field fence. Dennis Ryback up for the Mets here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Why don't you take time out to enjoy Viceroy? Because Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. That's a foul ball to the right side and out of play. Strike one to Ryback. Dennis has been up 12 times and had one hit since coming to the Mets. So that is his major league record. That's low for a ball. It's one and one. The Mets are leading here by a score of six to four after having won the first game of the day's doubleheader seven to five. 
Here's a pitch in for a called strike. One and two to Dennis Ryback. This is a one-two delivery. Swung on and hit in the air to center field. Carol Hardy hangs right there and puts it away. So the side's out in order. Jim Owen sets them down one, two, three. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. And the score, the end of eight full innings, is the Mets six and the Colts 45, four. On Wednesday night, Galen Sisko will be the pitcher for the New York Mets, and Tony Kroniger will uh, open the two-game set for the Milwaukee Braves, who are, of course, managed by Bobby Bragan. And it will be just a two-game set Wednesday at, uh, night and Thursday afternoon. There will be no telecast of the Thursday afternoon game. Radio coverage only of that one. Tickets are now on sale, of course, for those games or for any future games of the New York Mets here at Chase Stadium this season. And for the Colt 45s now coming up in the top of the ninth, Dave Roberts comes out, preparatory to batting for catcher John Hoffman. Dave Roberts is on deck. Dennis Ryback. Trying to save this one for Jack Fisher. The pitcher of record for the Colt 45 is Don Larson, who started. Roberts is a left-hand batter. He appeared in the first game as a pinch hitter and was called out on strike. Dennis Ryabat, pumps and pitches, and it's a breaking ball low for ball one. The left six and the goal 45 is four. Here's a swing and a high pop to short left. McMillan is retreating, still backpending. Altman is there, and Altman throws him off and one hands the ball just over the head of a kneeling Roy McMillan. At the last moment, Altman called him off, and as McMillan dropped down to his knee to get out of the way, Altman one-handed the ball just over the top of the head of Roy McMillan. So there's one away, and Bob Lillis is up. Lillis appears a pinch hitter in the eighth inning, single, stayed in the ball game. Here's the pitch inside for a ball. We're in the top of the ninth with one man out. Right about pumps and pitches, and it's low and away. Two balls and no strikes. Major Harry Kraft, of course, made the change of removing Astromani and leaving Lillis in for the specific purpose of having Lillis hit here in this inning and not having to let the pitcher or a pinch hitter hit in the top of the ninth. The 2-0 delivery 
is fired in for a call strike. It's two and one. Ryback leading the side. Now the two-one offering. Swung on it on the ground foul back at third. It's a two-two count now. Ryback works on the new ball. Lillis waiting, and the 2-2 pitch. Swung on and looped into left, hanging up there, and Altman's there, and he makes the catch. Two men out, and nobody on base. When Edmund left the plate, it looked as though it might loop in, but it uh, stayed up, and Altman moved up to make the catch. Eddie Casco coming up now. He is two for four, lined a single to left in the sixth inning, and bunted his way on with a perfect butt in the eighth inning. Casco has had four hits today. He's up here with nobody on base and two men out. And his drive out pitch is fired right in for a call strike one. The Mets six, Houston four. Drive out trying to save this one for Jack Fisher. And the pitch is blowing away for a ball. It's one and one. Nellie Fox is waiting on deck. This is a 1-1 pitch. Swung on and fouled up. He jammed him a little, and Casco uh, got it around on the handle and hit it on the ground over near the Houston dugout. One and two now. And it's Ryback with a 1-2 pitch. Lowing away in the dirt. Dug out by Gunder. It's 2-2. Two -two. Ryback walks around behind the rubber now. Looks around the outfield and is working on the ball. Ah, back and ready for the 2-2 two -two delivery. And it is swung on and foul back out of play. Again, he jammed him in there, and he had it off the handle, foul back upstairs. Now it holds 2-2. Two -two. This is a 2-2 two -two pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to right. Christopher's coming out. Can he get it? He can't. He dropped in for a base hit. He one-hopped the ball, played it back in, and Jasko is on with a single to right. That brings up Nellie Fox with two men out and a runner at first. That's the second hit off Ryback. A total of ten for the Colts, 45s in the game. The Mets have six runs on eight hits, and the Colts, 45s, four runs on ten hits. Fox has grounded out to first base, slide to left, slide to right, and walked so far. Ryback will have to work off the stretch here. Cranville behind the runner at first, and the pitch it on the ground to first base. Cranville has it. He'll make the play, and he does, and the game is over. Cranville unassisted at first base. 
And the Mets have swept the doubleheader. Jack Fisher gets credit for the victory. He has won his tenth of this year. So Jackson has won ten, and Fisher has won ten. And the top half of the ninth inning here, no runs on one hit, no errors, and one left. We'll be back in a moment with a final summary and totals. Right now, the final score of this game, the Mets six and the Colt 45 four. Let's listen to the sound of the Rheingold beat. second game, Jack Fisher gets credit for the win, his tenth of this season, and Jack has thus become the second right-hander in New York Met history to achieve ten wins in the season. Roger Craig did it in 1962, and so now Jack Fisher has tied Craig's former mark of winning ten. The winningest Met pitcher of all time, of course, is Al Jackson, who won 13 last year, and Jackson was the winning pitcher in the first game today as he got his tenth win of the season also. In the first game, the Mets were out in front to an early lead, and Roy McMillan had a home run. But then in the eighth inning, the Gold 45s came on to get three runs and make it a 6-5 to five ball game. So that the Mets then added one run in the bottom of the eighth and won it by a score of 7-5. to five. Jackson got the win, although Hunter pitched to one man, and Wakefield pitched two, and then Larry Bernard came in to put out the fire and save the ball game in the first uh, game of today's doubleheader. And in the second game, the New York Mets again were out in front early. As they picked up two runs in the first inning, they added three more in the bottom of the third when uh, an error was committed by Carol Hardy in center on a drive by Jesse Gondi, and the Mets quickly had five runs. The Code 45 did not get a run until the sixth inning off Jack Fisher, and meanwhile the Mets added another in the seventh, but then the Code 45 came on to get three runs in the eighth inning as Fisher was relieved in the ball game, first by Hunter and then by Dennis Rybat. Rybat worked the last inning in two-thirds, allowing no runs and only two hits. Final totals in the second game for the Mets, six runs on eight hits and no errors and six left. For the Colt 45s, four runs on ten hits, one error and seven left. Fisher now has won ten and lost 16. Don Larson started and took the loss. He has won three and lost seven. So the New York Mets have taken six of their last seven games from the Houston Colt 45s. They have won eight of their last 11 from the Colt 45s in the season series right now. The Mets have won nine. The Houston Colt 45s have won six. The Mets are assured of at least an even split in the total season series since they have three games yet to play against the Colt 45s in Houston. For the Mets, it was victory 47 and 48 of this season. And that just about wraps up another New York Mets doubleheader brought to you by Rheingold Extra Dry and Viceroy Cigarettes. 
Rangoon is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst because it's brewed extra dry. Be sure you have plenty of Rangoon extra dry on ice. It's the favorite beer of millions all along the Rangoon Beach. Smoother, crisper, livelier. Rangoon after Rangoon. Now this is Lindsay Nelson saying so long for Bob Murphy, Ralph Kiner, and our producer Joe Gallagher, the brewers of Rangoon extra dry and the makers of Viceroy cigarettes. Viceroy, scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. The Mets have swept the doubleheader from the Houston Colt 45s, winning 7-5 to five and 6-4. to four. So long, everybody. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. 810 on your dial, WGY, WGFM Schenectady. It's furnace cleaning time, and there's no need to wait. This is Bob Earl with another home heating idea from your local Agway Petroleum plant, formerly GLF. They'll send a trained Agway heating expert to your home right now. No waiting, no worry. And he'll clean your heating system as it's never been cleaned before. The Agway man uses an exclusive new liquid cleaner to do the job right, and his expert work can save you money. Look for your Agway or GLF petroleum plant in the white pages of the phone book. One call, and Agway will be on the way. In Fort Plain, phone Agway Petroleum at 42463.